Welcome to Average Joe Movie Goer, where we discuss all things pop culture that has changed our lives for better or worse. I'm your host, Jake Humphreys. Today, we'll be reviewing Christopher Nolan's 2008 film, The Dark Knight. I will be joined by the Batman expert himself, my brother-in-law, John Mossman. Hey, Jake. Thanks for having me on. And the man, my brother in blood, Josh Humphreys. Yo, 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 what's up? <laughs> thanks for being here, guys. Yeah, um, thanks for having us, Jake. Yeah. yeah. We have a lot to cover, so we're just going to go ahead and jump on into it. The first, I wanted to go to John first because uh, in the, how how many years have we known each other, John? Like 10 years or so? Yeah, it's, well, it's so, yeah, it's been over 10. So Amy and I had our 10-year anniversary last September. So we've known oh, each wow. other. But gotcha. Yeah, 10, so yeah. ever since I've known you, you have been like the go-to expert for batman things i and maybe josh josh was a little more of an in-between i more um i didn't ever read the comics batman i mostly focused on like um the animated series yeah the common knowledge the animated series the movies and things like that um so i wanted to i wanted to start with you um and just get your first reactions to when you first saw this back in 2008. Wait, before we, before we keep going, like, can we just say how good this movie is? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's this right. movie is so good. It's an incredible movie. I mean, just <laughs> not, not even as a Batman movie. It is just yeah. a just, good yeah. movie. Yeah. So, no, go ahead. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> it's so true. It is. That's why I want to start with this one. Cause it's my all time favorite movie, not yeah. just favorite Batman movie. So, yeah, so let's see. So um, a couple things that I remember about The Dark Knight. Now, let me backtrack just a little bit. So so Batman Begins was being sort of produced and developed and came out kind of before, like, you had trailers dropping on YouTube and, and stuff like that. And so the last Batman movie we saw was Batman and Robin, right? So I hadn't... I, you know, this was before I was cruising around the internet trying to find spoilers and stuff. <laughs> so I was at, I went to go visit my mom and this must've been, this is probably the summer of 2004. I went to go visit my mom at work and on the newsstand was an entertainment weekly and it had Christian Bale with like the silhouette of Batman behind him. Nice. And like, I freaked out. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> they are making another Batman movie. I didn't know who Christian Bale was. I'd never heard of Christopher Nolan, but I was like, I was so excited for that Batman movie to come out. And I remember going to see it in the theaters summer of 2005 and just being blown away by Batman Begins. Mm. Yep. So the dark Knight, um, I kind of had a, a similar situation with the dark Knight. So I was on my mission in Honduras when the dark Knight was being filmed so I didn't, I didn't hear anything about it. Gotcha. Um, so I got back, and the very first movie trailer I ever watched on YouTube <laughs> was the trailer for The Dark Knight, and I probably watched it like forty times in a row, just like <laughs> Seem, on repeat, seems watching appropriate. it over and over and <laughs> over again. Because I was like, "This is going to be nuts. This is going to be yeah. insane." Because, and I think if I'm remembering correctly. 
the dark knight came out when people were still kind of like iffy on sequels and like so they were like ah oh, sequel i don't know the second one like people were saying yeah the second one's never as good as the first one. i th- i thought how he the way he ended batman begins was so like it's so obviously sets up a sequel mm-hmm. but at the same time like i felt like as a viewer like i was satisfied with just seeing the joker card because it was like okay yes. here's this here's the story about how batman begins and then we're just going to shotgun this whole world that you can just imagine and like i was totally satisfied with that but then thank yeah. goodness we got the dark knight in 2008 yes. Yeah. Yes. yep oh my my first impressions were almost the same i mean i i saw batman begins you know coming off of i was a i was an early teenager when batman and robin came out and i was so like i, I was so disappointed in it <laughs> yeah and i loved batman so i was yeah i was like oh i like you know batman whatever it's good i liked it whatever is what yeah. I. how could you everyone. not but like was... batman and robin i mean but i was the <laughs> pinnacle of movie making right <laughs> yeah it was uh and, and so when batman begins came out and it was and i saw it was christopher nolan and christian bale and for me like i my the first movie i saw when i got back off, off of my mission was memento mm. now, Memento oh, yeah. was christopher nolan's like I yeah. mean, that was his golden child. It was it was a beautiful movie. It's mm-hmm. he he had a movie before it called The Following, and mm-hmm. that was kind of a little independent movie, and it's fantastic too. But Christopher Nolan has yet to let me down, and I don't think he will. He is amazing. And so when Batman Begins comes out, Christian Bale is Batman, and I love Christian Bale all the way back from <laughs> like Henry the Fifth and Newsies and all that. And then I'm like, dude, he's gonna be he's gonna tear this up. And yeah. yeah. Oh, I was I was so excited, and then I heard about the Dark Knight as well, and just jumped for joy that Nolan was going to do a sequel. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never I've never been like so hyped for a movie ever than I was for the Dark Knight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I recall I recall one quote, and I'll, I'll stop interrupting. But I recall one quote by uh, Kevin Smith after he saw uh, an early release of the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. and he said it was the Godfather of superhero movies <laughs> yeah. he said it's not just a good superhero movie it is a great movie and i yeah. was like whoa and i mean i got chills i remember sitting at work reading that and getting chills because yeah. i was so excited for it you know the dark knight highly anticipated and josh i think you and i went to see this together yeah did, is this the one that we got a bunch of people together and kind of went to first showing yeah early release type thing? it was it was midnight showing and we took up yeah. a whole row of people yeah. like and nice. i just remember like my expectations were so high everyone's expectations were so high going into it and then it doesn't even it doesn't deliver it like exceeds any expectation yeah. you can ever yeah. have yeah. it's like yeah. oh my yeah. gosh it's so it's just so amazing going off your first reaction and the most recent time you saw it you know how have your feelings toward it changed? What's, you know, what do you notice that's better now? Uh, maybe things that you don't like as much that you did the first time. And Josh, we'll, we'll start with you this time. Oh, so the first time, yeah, I, I mean, I remember the anticipation and the excitement and just the feeling of going in. I mean, I love the movie theater experience. And yeah. I remember going in and uh, being so excited to see this Um and I remember my friend was with me and he, he looks at me and he's like, he, he says, oh, you know, don't get too excited. He's like, I'm really excited for this, but I don't want to be let down. And I, I just remember saying, Christopher Nolan's not going to let us down. Yeah. And, and 
he did not. Like you said, I mean, he delivered and exceeded. It was, it was fantastic. And um, just the whole, when I remember watching it and from a movie buff standpoint, like just noticing all the little things like the, uh, the dualities of everything, the, you know, you, you got uh, Harvey Dent and they label him as the white knight. And then mm-hmm. You got Batman as the Dark Knight, and you have Joker, the agent of chaos, where Batman, they keep talking about his rules that he has. And you have all these, you know, different dualities. And then, you know, with Bruce Wayne and Batman, just his dualities. And, and uh, Rachel torn between, um, you know, Harvey Dent and, and Bruce Wayne and, and knowing all of that she knows. And yeah, it was... It, and the, and the way the film was orchestrated, I mean, I say orchestrated because this thing was put together like um, a, a masterpiece. I mean, it began with this great excitement piece where he kind of finishes off the villain from the first movie. And, and you're like, all right, he finally got him. Yeah, it's all good. And, and, and kind of sets up the whole thing with, with this little joker guy in the background causing yeah this some... the scare the scarecrow looks like he's been through some better days steps out of the van you're like okay so batman has been on your tail and the show. yep and it's just the perfect lead-in to the movie you know and he needs a new suit and all this i mean just all yeah. the stuff that just happens and just i it it blew me away and i was on the edge of my seat the entire time and the movie's Two hours and thirty-two minutes long. Yeah, yeah. At the at the time, that's like one of the longer movies. I mean, you had Lord of the Rings and things that were long, but this was like a super long movie, and people were like, "I don't know if it's going to be." I, I don't remember a moment of me taking my eyes off the screen. I was yeah. so enthralled and just brought into the movie yep. that when it was over, I was like, "I want, I need more." It was <laughs> yeah. so good. Yeah, it's so yeah. so true. Yeah, the so when you mentioned duality, like. You, you had texted me the other day and said you wanted to talk about that. And after you had said that, like, I hadn't even thought about it. Uh, but then you said it and I was like, oh, my gosh, like, yeah. there's so many things like yep. just just little things like even uh, at, even even at the party, like Bruce yeah. Wayne comes in and says, where is Harvey Dent? Oh, there he is. Then Joker, 15 minutes later, comes in. Where's Harvey Dent? Like, yeah. It's just yep. a constant. The whole movie is like that once you start to think about it in that way. Well, even the, I mean, you go, you can go even further. I mean, Harvey Dent is blonde compared to Bruce yeah. Wayne being dark haired. I mean, they, they did this on purpose. A lot of this, the colors, if you watch the colors, you go through and watch the lighting. There's yeah. lots of blue and red or like a kind of those, those hues. You got like some blues and oranges and reds. I mean, even the poster itself has, it's it's almost all blue, and then you have the bat symbol in fire in yeah. this orange, and mentally the, those colors cause conflict. You know mm-hmm. that means that heightens you, and uh, that's a it, it, they're complementary, and it, it causes that heightened uh, a sense of action in in your mind. It's a it's a a duality with you, like because blue's calm, and then the fire is so hot and right and, and burning, and so I mean even that throughout the movie and then the light and day like throughout the movie it starts out in the daytime the first yeah. heist starts out broad daylight and by the end of the movie he's riding off into not the sunset right into the the dark night yeah. so know? true there's a lot of a lot of the scenes a lot of the action sort of happens in pretty harsh lighting 
yeah. you think about the whole interrogation scene and that's kind of the first time we ever see you know the bat suit under such harsh light yeah, um, yeah. i thought that was that was super interesting definitely yeah um yeah so john how do you how do you feel about the most recent time that you viewed it uh like i watched it a couple days ago um and i like every time i watch it i I can't help but think about um you know the the first so first of all we talked about how it it kind of the the at the beginning it just blows the doors wide open right batman begins sort of the beginning sort of feels a little bit cramped with Bruce and Rachel, you know, in the greenhouse and then he falls down the well and, you know, it's just, it's kind of really constrained. The dark Knight opens up on this cityscape filmed in IMAX, you know, and it's just like, just the, the scale just seems so much bigger, just, you know, right off the bat. I remember, I remember um, being in the theater for the first time, and just having my eyes glued to the TV, uh, the TV, the screen. And I remember, so the Joker has, you know, he basically has two introductions. He has the introduction in the heist at the beginning, and then he has the introduction with the mob, right? Yep. I remember that that mob scene where the Joker comes in and he's he's talking to the mob about killing Batman. And I remember like that scene got over and I looked down at my hands and they were so sweaty from the tension <laughs> and like my ticket stub was like a pulp. Cause I'd been sitting there just like churning my ticket because I was yeah. like, what is this guy going to do? Like, what is he going to do? He comes in, he starts telling what? jokes. He, <laughs> he, has the, he the slams a pencil yeah. into somebody's head. <laughs> I mean, that so was not, so like, unexpected. Now what like, is he going to yeah. do? That was so brilliant. So That's I was so like, brilliant. just the, the, just the tension every time. He's yes. on screen, and you well, never know when he's gonna be and you hear on the that, screen. That screeching yes. violin, and it's yes. just that one note for, and that just builds up that anxiety yeah. too. Oh my god! Yeah. Well, well so Chris, uh, um, not Christopher Nolan, but Hans Zimmer <laughs> had some of his musicians play their instruments with pieces of metal and knives oh, for nice. some of the music to just <laughs> to get incredible. like just to get like an extra level of just like weird unrecognizable tension like you're listening to the music and you're thinking this doesn't sound right yeah (laughs) yeah this sounds wrong something's gonna happen i don't i I like it but it makes it puts me on edge a little bit definitely you know know, when i watched it again today i remember the first time i watched it in that the beginning heist um you know you don't know which one the joker is like you kind of know if you recognize and know who heath ledger is you can tell by the body and all that but yeah overall you know they're all in masks and it's and the one guy is wearing a more purple suit than the other and Mm -hmm. he's kind of the leader you know he's the driver of the truck and then they get in and he's kind of the leader and and you're like that's you know and he's got the mask with the smiley face he's the only one with the mask with the smiley face i noticed are there and I was like, oh, hey, you know what? I, I remember thinking, I wonder if that's, you know, the Joker. They're going to lead in with the, him being the Joker. And then it wasn't, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and I was like, man, that was that was good. And, and just, I mean, his opening line, you know, what doesn't kill yeah. you makes you stranger. You, you change one letter and one word and it's a whole different thing. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Incredible. Well, even it's like, the you know, when <laughs> when he says, I'm, you know, the, the thug says, I'm guessing the boss told you to kill me as soon as he's loaded with cash. And he steps away and he says, no, 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 I killed the bus driver. It's like right then you hear his voice, you yes. see his body language, and you're like, oh, this crap. is not, something's wrong. This yeah. guy is in trouble. Like, you know, 
<laughs> you, you know what? Heath, Heath Ledger locked himself in a hotel room for yeah. a week and practiced voices until yeah, he for was six satisfied. Weeks. Yeah, for six weeks. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, he was highly uh, um, uh, influenced by uh, Alex, the anarchist on uh, Clockwork Orange. And right. you, you can see that play in there. But, oh, man, he he puts his own spin on it. And it yeah. is, oh, oh. It, it, his performance is incredible. And I know yeah. we're, we're, we need to talk about that. That just has to oh, come up. Because it's his a defining role of his career. I mean, it just right. outshined everything. He wins the Oscar for it. He's, he's phenomenal. And mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the little things he, he did just to bring that character to life. Well, yeah. And one of the things I love, like how you talked about him practicing voices and things, um, the, I, I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about it now. Cause it's still terrifying. But when he does the terrorist video with the imposter Batman, Oh yeah. yeah, and he's like, "Look at me!" And yeah. it's like oh. terrifying. The whole the whole theater is shook and like kind of cringed yeah. a little bit. I remember just yeah. the the yeah, you feel that tension and just the terror is like, I'm scared because you know he's kind of joking with the guy. He's all and he's like, "Look at me!" And you're like, "Yeah, oh my gosh, this yeah. guy is serious." He's yeah, he's, he's always he's oh. always just on this razor thin line from just absolutely losing it. Yeah. Like you, you get you kind of get a glimpse of that when the mobster calls him crazy right yes he's like you're crazy he's like i'm not no i'm not yes and he's like oh "Oh my gosh (laughs) (laughs) and and, you know that's the that's the brilliant thing (laughs) that's the brilliant thing too is like with with the writing the whole way they developed the character too is is he crazy yeah or is he i mean it's it's almost like he's really he's not crazy he's trying to make a point that you you can't live by these you can't live by rules that that's not the way society works. The right. society has molded you to believe that this is the way things should be. But guess what? You can do whatever you want. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so would you say that is um, his motivation for this whole movie is to show you the only way to live in, in society is without rules or society has forced you to think that, but I'm here to show you it's, that's not how it is. Yeah, I think so. I'll let John follow up after me because I'm sure he has some ideas. But my thought is that his that is his motivation. It, it kind of changes a little bit because originally, you know, he, it feels like he uh, he believes that you can you can succeed in his mind, succeed in life if you disobey the rules and the rules are only set in place by society. And if you don't believe that society is correct then live the way you want to live. Yep. And it's, it's free. It's freedom. It's true freedom in his mind. And then he's like, well, if we kill the Batman, who's the rigid protector and, and follower and, uh, um, you know, the establisher almost or, or protector of these rules, if we can kill him, then I'll prove to you that this is the way life is. He's, a, he's like an anarchist in a way, in that right. way. And he believes that that's the way it should be. Then, then when he realizes that Batman, you know, when he starts playing with Batman, so to speak, and gets a little bit more involved with them, mm-hmm. he's like, you know, you know what? I just want to break him because if I break him, then everything I believe is right. Right. Yeah. He sees he sees Batman as as more fun. <laughs> you know, like yeah. in in the interrogation scene, he's you know he says, <laughs> and you didn't disappoint. You let you know you let five people die. And so, like he he's showing he's showing Batman that like you know <laughs> you being here is probably worse 
for yeah. all for for all these people and he's he's kind of almost you know, created him in yeah, a way, he's, is what he's, he's showing yeah he's yeah. showing i mean he he like again shines a bright light sort of on everything that batman stands for and you know basically so i was talking talking to a friend of mine earlier this week and we said you know one of the things that the joker does is he he shines a spotlight right on batman and sort of says you know i think this guy you guys think that he's this symbol of hope and he's this you know this uh, uh the symbol of, of bringing down organized crime and you know at this point the the even the police are working with him to to you know help stamp out criminality in, in gotham and the joker says you know what i think this guy is just a coward in a mask and i'm going to show <laughs> you really that he his resolve yeah yeah, yeah. Like, i'm going to show you that see. that's true yeah 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 let's let's see batman how how resolved are you on this and really test batman's resolve yeah. like because you know batman comes close a few times because it hits yeah. him personally well and that's I, it's another brilliant thing about the movie and about joker as a whole it feels like he calculates exactly who he needs to target in order to get people to break i mean yeah he um you know he finds out about rachel how there's a connection between harvey and batman and he yeah. knows if he can attack her he can he can get to their uh core uh yeah. with with gordon um i mean we we see even gordon who arguably is you know better than batman yeah. in a way yeah. um he pulls a gun on Batman and he's been Batman's ally this whole time. And he's like, I have to save them. I have, yeah. I have a yeah. responsibility and you aren't letting me fulfill that. Like he, yeah. he just every single person that, and, and he targets them and, um, yeah, to see tests... who will break. Exactly. And, uh, yeah. It's, it's just incredible. Well, then, yeah. and then, you know, even, even Bruce or Batman says that Harvey was the best of them, right? Like yeah. he says, and, and Harvey's the one that ends up breaking. Like he, yeah. he loses everything in, in Harvey's mind, but that was what the Joker wanted. He's like, if I take everything away from you and you have nothing holding you to these rules, you will all break. Everyone will break. That's the whole point yeah. of the two boats at the end. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. everyone, society <laughs> will fall apart without these rules he's like it's human nature right that's what he's trying to get across he's he says we're we're being restrained by this you know idea yeah but yeah i think i think that's one of the things that that makes you know this this version of the joker and so many versions of the joker in comics so compelling is that the joker attacks batman personally you know you look at you look at other villains like bane for example in in the dark knight rises Bane is really sort of attacking Batman slash Bruce Wayne's mission rather than Batman personally. You know, he, yeah. he obviously physically, he breaks his back and, you know, tears him down physically, but you know, the, the Joker and Batman really both are going for, they're both going for the same goal. You know, they're both like, in, like Bane is trying to destroy, destroy Gotham Batman's not trying to destroy Gotham. He's trying to save it. So they have sort of these different goals, but the Joker wants to win. Like he says, the, the soul of Gotham city. So does Batman. Right. So it's like, yeah. there's these two opposing forces. They just have different belief systems. On yeah. What the going, soul of Gotham yeah, exactly. Is going after yeah. the same goal. And so that's why that's the thing that to me makes this version of the Joker in this story, you know, so good. And so like, 
so such a, a, a difficult obstacle for Batman is because they're both going for the same thing. Yeah. yeah. And, and something else I love um, that Christopher Nolan does that I don't feel like other Batman films or um, other mediums have explored as much is, is the corruption of Gotham. And you yeah. really see, yes. you really see this criminal underworld and how awful it is and how cops are, they're, they're all evil. Like everyone yeah. in the city is bad. And that's why you need Batman there. You yeah. Know? Even, and, even Harvey Dent, when he's talking to Gordon says, you know, uh, he's like, I don't like that. Your MCU, your major crimes, you yeah. built up from yeah. the people I investigated when I was at IA. And he goes, well, if I didn't, if I, didn't use the people you investigated IA. I wouldn't yeah. be able to use anybody. I'd be working. I'd right. be working alone if I didn't yeah. work with people you investigated in internal yeah. affairs. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I just think it's so like the you know Batman Begins. It's set up that way, um, and you see it probably even worse in this one. I would say definitely worse because even you know talking about pushing people's buttons and pushing them to the limit, the Joker pushes the mob to their limits. Right and. Yeah. You know, Batman does as well. Um, but we see that, you know, originally they don't want to hire the clown. Okay. And then Batman tests them and they're like, okay, fine. The clown is coming out the box. Yeah. You know? Well, and then, and then it, it, the pendulum swings the other way where yeah. you have, you have the mob giving up the Joker's location to the Gotham city <laughs> police department yeah, because right. you know, the, then, and that's, you know, that's one of the things that when I, you know, when you watch like some of the special features and stuff and you hear Christopher Nolan talk about how he wanted to construct the Joker. And, you know, he, he said, he, he talks about how the Joker doesn't have a, a story arc. He doesn't have an arc. He comes in the movie as a complete force, you know, and that complete force yeah. just kind of, goes through this entire narrative like a freight train. He 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 often describes the Joker as the shark from Jaws. Right? You have this nice. this this narrative that that he's painted with all these other characters who are, you know, start here and and you know the story arc goes and they end somewhere else. Well the Joker is just just bulldozing through everything from start to finish of this movie. And he doesn't change. He doesn't evolve. He's a complete like immovable force yeah. from start yes. to finish. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. Um and he's like a so, dog chasing dog chasing the <laughs> <Yeah>. car. <laughs> right. Yeah. You know, but you know, it is interesting that he says that he's, you know, do I really look like a guy with a plan? The whole time you're like, well, yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah. But also yeah. no. Like yeah. the way that you do it promotes so much chaos, but you can also tell there's so much planned so much yeah that goes into each and everything that he does it's so calculated right um, yeah it comes across so chaotic that it's like well maybe you don't have a plan yeah right. it, i wonder if it's more of a i have a goal and this is how it gets to my goal rather than like i'm i planned this from the beginning right because right you know it, i don't know it's it, i thought about that a bunch i'm like yeah he, he does have a plan but <laughs> But maybe it's like, well, this happened. Now let's do this, and this happened. Now let's do this. You know, I, yeah, I there's, that's more. there's, yeah, there's an, there's an idea that I've heard that the Joker is not necessarily a master planner, but he's definitely a master of contingencies. Yeah, like he has, oh, yeah. he yes. he doesn't, he doesn't plan. You know, plan A isn't perfect, but plan A always has a plan B, plan C, plan D, and so and and you know, and they're all sort of intertwined, so that. 
you know, if plan A drops off at a certain point, boom, plan C, you know, plan B kicks in or whatever, you know. Obviously, there's no, there's no like evidence within the film other than, you know, our our own supposition for how things go. But, you know, I've, I've definitely heard that as a, as a theory that he's, he's a, he's a master contingency planner. Yeah. Right. That's that's And so, yeah. So for, for all we know there, you know, there's uh there's the bombs on the ferry and then, you know, who knows how many bombs are sitting at the airport or, you know, wherever (laughs) else. And and he's just, he's just prepared for whatever happens first or whatever he thinks is, is the most hilarious or, or whatever his motive is for that moment. Right. So uh, keeping in task with, with the Joker and with Heath Ledger as a whole, you know, before we move on to other things, just performance wise, like what is it about Heath Ledger's Joker that sets him apart, makes him kind of the, the pinnacle that everyone looks to? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, Heath Ledger has talked about uh, how he felt after watching Batman Begins. And he sort of Real, I feel like he really understood the world that Christopher Nolan was building. Um, you know, when when he talked to Christopher Nolan about the Joker, he already had this fully formed idea for how he would do the Joker, and it and it you know it completely uh, was right in line with what Christopher Nolan was thinking for the character. And I think you know that ability, uh, he you know Heath Ledger's ability to understand the world that Christopher Nolan had, had created in, in Batman Begins and how the Joker could possibly function in that world. Um, mm-hmm. And then, I mean, I'd, <laughs> you can't say enough about just his incredible ability to act. Yeah. I mean, he, he completely disappears into a, a, you know, a brand new character. And I think yeah. it, it, it just really showcases, I think, maybe how how underrated he was as an actor. And then also, you know, how tragic it was that at such a young age, you know, he, he passed away. And I think, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, I, I just think that he, you know, he, you hear his family talk uh, when they, when they accepted awards for him and they've done, you know, interviews here and there. And they just talk about how immensely proud he was of that role. And he was just so excited for everyone to see it because it just, they, they, they talk about how he just felt like he just knew that he had completely nailed the part and he was just so proud of, of what he'd done. Yeah. yeah. You know, the, I just have to say with his performance and everything, I mean, the, the part where he is walking out of the hospital in the nurse's yeah. gown <laughs> yes. and he's, it starts to blow up behind him and it, and it does it. And it's just yeah. his reaction right there. That moment, there's no words, no nothing. Right. It's just, I was like, this guy, I mean, yeah. he, he is funny and he is just, he's blowing up yeah. a hospital mm-hmm. and you're laughing yeah. and you're like, this, am I a bad person for laughing? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> because, and, and credit, credit Heath Ledger because that was not scripted. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. Completely unscripted, but he just, he just went with it and he, you know, he just embodied that character. And, you know, some people talk about how, like, you know, Heath Ledger lost his mind and was crazy or whatever when he did the Joker. But, you know, you talk to 
you hear Christopher Nolan talk about what he's like on set. Christian Bale talks about what he's like on set. And I, I just don't, I don't think that can be any further from the truth. Yeah. No, and I, I just know. think, you know, there's people say that he was, he method acted and was in character hundred percent of the time. He wasn't, you know, he, he, yeah. he talked to people on set and he, he, you know, he, he collaborated a lot with Christopher Nolan. He directed all of the Joker, all of the, 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 the terrorism, yeah, the video terrorism videos, Heath Ledger. Yeah directed yeah. all of those sequences you know and and, yeah. mm-hmm. and i just think you know i just think he was he was just an incredibly talented guy um he was really picky with his roles too like he you know uh, he he didn't he wasn't in very many movies and and i've heard it said that he was kind of the guy who would sit back and 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 allow himself to just really want something you know he would yeah. he would mm-hmm. wait and wait and wait until he just couldn't wait anymore and then he would go throw himself into into you know some role that he chose and and luckily for us you know the joke the joker was there for the taking and and he was he was there to take it so yeah we 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 as an audience and we as as people i i mean we are we are blessed with this performance the thing that i love about actors like the actors that i love are the actors that completely disappear into roles. Like, yeah. you know, I, you can, mm-hmm. you can like a guy's personality. I mean, I, Tom Cruise, like I, I like Tom Cruise, but he is Tom Cruise in every single movie, yeah. but I like, right. I like Tom Cruise. So yeah. It's okay. Yeah. He, know, he, but... And he, Tom Cruise picks movies where that works. Yeah. He can and, just and be yeah, Tom exactly. Cruise and he's Ethan Hunt because Tom Cruise is Ethan Hunt and Ethan Hunt yeah. is Tom Cruise. Yeah. yeah, and that's okay, you know, and that's okay for those people and that's good and that's that's yeah. great. But then you you have people like Gary Oldman who nobody knew who he mm-hmm. was. Yeah. And I I love Gary Oldman. I've loved Gary Oldman for forever and he's been in so many roles. I mean, he's been in the Fifth Element. He's the bad guy in the Fifth Element and he's yeah. Commissioner Gordon and he's yeah. in the professional as like a corrupt cop and I mean he is in so many yeah. things. He, he was Winston wins, Churchill. Finally wins an Oscar for yeah. Winston Churchill. Those actors, and you see, like, we have a we have a um we have two in this movie that are just are chameleons. And yeah. like how amazing is that? And how incredible that we have that. And yeah. and Heath Ledger, I do think I mean we definitely lost him too soon because imagine what else he could have done and how oh incredible he could have been. And yeah. and then the other thing is who who would have known, right? Like he, maybe he would have right. just disappeared into other roles, and you would have been like, "Oh my gosh, that's Heath well, Ledger." Well, so I, yeah. Well, yeah. I sometimes think about that with this movie. I'm like, if I didn't know that was Heath Ledger, th- so so yeah, I, I, li- I liken it right? to the first the first couple times I saw Pirates of the Caribbean. Yes, I Johnny didn't. I, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't read the the cat. You know, that was, it was 2003. I think was Something Pirates like of the Caribbean. Yeah. So Some... I'm like a sophomore in high school. Again, I'm not. Uh, this isn't a time in my life when I'm cruising the internet trying to figure out who's going to be in upcoming movies. I went to Pirates of the Caribbean. I knew who Johnny Depp was um, because I'd seen uh, What's Eating Gilbert Grape, and you know, and I was I was somewhat mm-hmm. familiar with Johnny Depp. You're right. Um, but it, I, I'd seen Pirates of the Caribbean maybe three times, and then somebody said something about how that was Johnny Depp, and I went what that was yeah. johnny depp yeah so i i, I wonder yeah. if i you know i don't know that i don't know how many people would would pick heath ledger out of that performance i don't right I, you know well it's it's interesting you say that because when he was cast it was are you serious yeah. 
Heath Ledger, the guy from A Night's Tale, right. is going to be the Joker. Or the guy the from things, things I Hate About I You. Hate about you. That's <laughs> like, yeah. This guy. And I remember, you know, being a young, impressionable teenager, <laughs> right. I bought into that. And I was like, seriously? But I remember actually Josh talking with you about it. And you, you were sold on him from the get-go. And you were like, no, he's going to be awesome. You just wait. You know, and then the trailers come out and you see, holy crap, that was Heath Ledger. Are you kidding yeah. me? That he's already intimidating. And you see like two seconds of him. Yep in the like he gives the little hmm you know like oh yeah. yeah 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 and that's like all you see in the trailer yeah and you're already like oh my gosh this is gonna be the best joker ever yeah it's so, um, it's so awesome <laughs> it's he, yeah it it is incredible what he is able to do with that yeah so, yeah um so i wanted to well i, I we've already talked about some of the characters i want to talk about um I kind of want to, we, we've talked about the introduction with Joker. Um, I kind of want to jump to the, the middle of the movie with the interrogation scene. Um, I just feel like that's a scene that has to be talked about. It's my favorite scene in the movie. Um, and it's really the first time we see Batman and Joker really interact and talk with each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I guess you know, what is it about this scene that is, is so powerful? I think first of all, you know, it's, it's really the first time you see Batman getting pushed to his absolute limit. You know, I think, I think you see, you see the Joker um, not only push Batman, but he kind of starts pushing uh, Gordon's buttons a little bit too. You know, he, 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 when you know i remember again going back to the first time i saw it i remember um commissioner gordon walks in there sits down and the first thing it says is harvey dent never made it home and i remember being like oh crap <laughs> like yeah. well, that's not good you know and then the joker points out like you know were they were those did you leave them with your men or are you sure they are your men and not maroney's and it's like he's pointing out all these things that like you are working, you know, the, the structure that you're working in is a, is a dilapidated crumbling structure. And I'm laughing in your face about it right now, you know, and then, and then Gordon pulls out his, you know, his ACE in the hole, which is Batman. And then the Joker flips the whole narrative on Batman Yeah, and does the exact same thing with Batman. He says, you know, don't, he says, don't, talk like them don't don't talk like one of them you're not right you're yeah. you are like me mm-hmm. you are someone who operates outside the normal <laughs> function of society so don't you dare try and talk like a police officer don't call me garbage like a police officer would you and i are the same you know and well, i'm yeah. gonna i'm gonna show that to you i'm gonna show that you and i are the same and i'm gonna show you that there is no such thing as a civilized society and going back to that, uh, it goes back to the duality again. I mean, so you look at it, who is in control? First off, I mean, Gordon, he appears to be in control. And then right when he's about to, he's like, no, I, he's like, I'm leaving this to Batman. I'm not going to lose control. I'm going to step out before I do. And then Batman mm-hmm. comes in and immediately is the chaos in the room, right? He's trying to control the situation, but joker's the calm one joker never yeah. he doesn't stand up <laughs> he he causes batman to go crazy and yeah. he starts pushing mm-hmm. all those buttons and he's sitting there like what he's like what are you gonna do he's like yeah. you're gonna 
I present to you, you are, you guys are trying to control everything. And I have proven to you yeah. that everything that you think you can control, you can't. Are they Maroney's men or are they yeah. your men? You thought you had this under control. Yeah. You do not. Here is the, the, the duality again. The, the, yeah. The, yeah. The, th- the thing that you think is your strength, i.e. your moral code and your physical strength, like you can't do anything with that stuff against me. Right. You know, that's what, that's yeah. basically what the Joker is telling Batman is like, your moral code is a joke. And what are you going to do? Beat me up? Like, what is that going to do? Yeah. Doesn't yeah, stop go me. For it. You know? Beat me up. And, you know, this, this brings up the, the one rule, right? That from that point forward is talked about, um, you know, I feel like you could interpret that one rule in a little different ways. And I'll tell you kind of what I think it is, but what is Batman's one rule? It's, I mean, the obvious answer you would say is he's not going to kill anyone. Right. Like, cause that's yeah. what separates him in a way from criminals is he'll do just about anything as long as he doesn't kill anyone. He'll cross those lines of the law to a degree because he's a vigilante overall. Mm-hmm. Right. And Right. Yeah, he has the backing of the police department in a way, and he's got the support of the people of the city at the time, and he's going to be, you know, he's going to have some liberties there, but he won't kill anyone because if he does, then he's crossed that line, not only in his mind, but also he will cross the line for all the people, no matter how justified the killing might be. Like, if he killed Joker... I don't think a single person in Gotham would have blamed him. They would have been like, no, you're still good. Right. But he can't cross that line. Like he, you know, that's, you could say that's his one rule. As you look deeper, there's probably a more um, all-encompassing rule that that is included in as well. But yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the obvious answer is he doesn't kill anyone. What I, this most recent time watching it, I, I've always thought about this one rule thing, but I've just kind of settled on, you know, he's not going to kill anyone. But this time around, it was, it, it feels like it extends to everyone under his watch. No one dies under my watch, especially when I'm around Yeah, type thing. Like, yeah, I'm the, um, I'm the pr- protector. I'm the sentinel of the city, right? So when, when I'm right, on yeah. duty, I protect everyone. And... Well, exactly. and then, you know, so the Joker forces him to break his own rule by making him pick one person to save. He can either save Rachel or yeah. he can save Harvey, but one of them will die and he has to make the choice, yep. which in the Joker's mind is forcing Batman to kill someone. However, is that really, yep. are, are you really making him kill someone? Is that really, I mean, I, that, I'm opening that up to you guys and your opinions. Do you, do you think that that is making batman guilty of killing someone because he has to make a choice there what do you think i yeah i i don't think i mean i personally don't think it 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 makes batman feel makes batman guilty of killing someone um you know that maybe possibly could be what the joker was after um but you know i think that I think that it's the the more interesting part to me in all that is that either way, because, you know, because the Joker switches the addresses, either way, he sets up a lose, a losing scenario for Batman. Right. You know, because no matter, no matter who, 
Yeah, no matter who he chooses. It's not the one he chose. Is not the one he chose, exactly. Yeah. So it's like it's just it's the Joker once again, you know, flipping now, expectations. How surprised were you when that happened well, when you saw that in the theater and he walks in and the music the music oh, stops? <laughs> do you do you realize that the music stops and it's just yeah, yeah. there's nothing. There's no sound and he's like and and yeah. then you know he, Harvey's like not me not me what he's why'd like, you come and, for me and yeah. he's thinking not you not you I didn't come for you but I'm not gonna yeah. leave you because he yeah, hesitates he does. He opens too. the door he sees it, like, he's like he opens the door and he's like crap but yeah, I have right. to save you and you it, know like there again is the lighting Harvey Dent is in full light whereas Rachel is in darkness if you notice it's there's no lights in that uh, point yeah. and so when they're switching back and forth between them talking and she's she is in darkness and he is in light and i and then you go into yep. the further duality at that moment the split duality of two-face himself right he is right. now literally a dual personality yeah yeah and i i mean well and going back to um you know when he switches up the addresses he sees Batman's character change when he brings up Rachel. You know, I really thought you were Dent the way you threw yourself yeah. after her. That's when Batman starts to go ballistic, you know? So he's like, oh, maybe I will. You know, maybe he already had the idea to switch up the addresses. But now it's like, of course, I'm going to let you save Harvey and Rachel's going to die so that I can push you over yeah, the edge. Take everything away from you. Me. Know? Yeah, exactly. Um. So yeah, I think I think the interrogation scene is just, you know, one of the most pivotal parts in any Batman film, but especially to this one. And, you know, going off of that, we Rachel's death, you know, causes a I mean, it, like you said, the surprising factor of it, you know, she's like, "It's okay, Harvey, someone will come." And then it blows yeah. up, you know, like in the theater too, it was still like, "Well, Gordon yeah, can Gordon's going to do it. Gordon's, Gordon's going to get there." Look, Gordon's and he's right there. Gordon's he's right there. Oh, he is yeah. just oh my gosh, and it just it blows you away and it blows yeah. her away. Yeah. <laughs> well, it pulls on your emotional <laughs> strings. I mean, you're in this movie, right? Like you're you're so engulfed in this, and yeah. you're like you want you know she's she's his one chance at redemption and normal life, right? Like, well, and, it's and right to to that point, so is Harvey Dent. Yes. Yes. Rachel and Harvey are yes. both bat both he sees both of them as his exit. Yes, good good point. Yeah, because yep. because Harvey Dent is the white knight. Harvey Dent is the chance for right. him to not have to take up the mantle of yes. Batman anymore. He sees yeah. He sees yep. he sees his, his end game through Harvey Dent. Harvey Dent is what Batman you know what 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 he is what Batman means had Batman not been created in an alleyway yeah you know with two dead right. you know if had bruce wayne's parents not been shot you know the the mission is you know harvey dent i think i think batman yeah. sees or batman or bruce sees a lot of yeah. that in well, when they're harvey. at the uh, when they're at the table at the dinner um you know when he pulls up the seats with rachel and harvey and he's got the russian ballerina with him and yeah. they start talking that's when he mm-hmm. realizes because he's he's testing harvey he's like can i trust him because everything he seems to stand for yeah. Is what is what I want him to be, and then when he meets him face to face, and he says, you know, he says, "I'm yeah, you know, maybe I." He doesn't want to be Batman the rest of his life. How could he? 
how could he want to do this forever? He's only yeah. doing it because no one else is willing to stand up. And she's like, oh, right. maybe you're going to stand up. Maybe you're the one. He goes, well, maybe I am. He goes, yeah. hopefully I can be, right? Like yeah. he, he wants to take that off of Batman because he's just – he's a good guy. He's just a good guy. And yeah. he just breaks. Right. And it's sad and it's traumatic. And you just – you see this. When Rachel dies, it almost – I mean, it almost destroys Batman. In a way, it does destroy Batman, the image of Batman that um, that there was, and it destroys Harvey Dent. Yeah, well, and so he, yeah. they talk about uh, they talk about it in Batman Begins, and they talk about it in The Dark Knight Rises. How Bruce Wayne says, you know, the idea of Batman is that Batman could be anybody. Batman's yeah. Batman's a symbol, mm-hmm. and it, he could be anybody. Right. When when Harvey breaks and Rachel dies. I feel, it, it kind of feels like Bruce comes to a realization that he is he's stuck as Batman. Yeah. Yes. Like like yes. the sim, like the yeah. symbol of Batman is is no longer what Bruce sort of envisioned and and Batman is Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And he, he sort of sinks yeah. into that realization that you know the symbol of what he had created Batman to be is not what it, it's, it's supposed not, it, to be. It can't it be. It can't that. be. Yeah. Right. It, it can't be that. I mean, right. he sees that. It, they kind of hinted that at the beginning when uh, Scarecrow's selling the drugs or, the, you know, talking and yeah. all of the Batmans come out. Yeah. And even and Bruce Wayne is yeah. talking to uh, Alfred and he says, you know, this isn't exactly what I wanted right. to happen, you know. And, and he's like, <laughs> well, maybe you should hire him and take a week off or whatever. But yeah, at the end, yeah. that's when he does yeah. realize he's like, you know what? That, that's this is I, it can't happen the way I want it to happen. Right. It. it I have right. to be Batman mm-hmm. because no one else can abide by this. No one else can take this. And right. if I really do separate myself, Bruce Wayne and Batman, Batman can take this. Batman can do this. He can, he right. can yeah. be, he can be the hero and the villain all in one and still be strong enough to save the city. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I, I really like that point you just made because um, I don't, I don't know if we see that in fulfillment in this in this movie, but we see it in fulfillment in the dark Knight rises. Cause at the beginning of the dark Knight rises, he's still piggybacking off yeah. of Harvey Dent, you know? And so he's retired as Batman, but then we, you know, they introduced Bane and then Batman has to, he has to be Batman um, in order to save the city. So it's well, the, the end when, when Gordon's talking to his son and talking and there, and his son's like, it doesn't understand. He's like, Where, where's Batman going? Why did the police chase him? I don't understand. He did everything right. And, and Gordon's like, he yeah. has to be the one to take this on him because if, if Dent becomes the bad guy, the city's lost because Dent, at all their hopes were in Harvey right. Dent and nobody knows what Dent's done. So yeah. Batman has to take the blame and be the hero one more time. And yeah. by being the hero, he is the villain in the yeah. eyes of the people. Yeah. And in order to do that, in order to save the city, he has to be the bad guy. And it, he's not the hero yeah. that we need right now, but he's the hero that we deserve. And it's like, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so beautiful. Um, so, you know, th- we've, we've talked about Harvey um, and... He, he's kind of an underrated character in my opinion. I think Aaron Eckhart does oh, yeah. a fantastic yeah. job. I've heard people, I've heard people say that he's like their least favorite person in the movie. And I'm like, yeah. I don't think like he's, he's just overshadowed by how amazing the Joker is and Gordon. But I think Aaron Eckhart yeah. does yeah. a fantastic I agree. job. 
I've always liked um, Aaron Eckhart and in all the movies I've seen yeah. him in, and I, I really agree with you. I think he did great. And just watching it again today uh, rehashed that for me. I, th- I think he did wonderful. Yeah. Yeah, he's fantastic. Um, so I, I feel like we've kind of touched on this, but he is the center point yeah. of this movie. I feel like it's all on him. So I guess, you know, John, you can start, but kind of walk us through why is it, why is he the the focal point? Why is he the yeah, center? Yeah, so, of all of you know, this? I think, I think the movie asks a lot of questions. Um, you know, I think one of the, one of the questions that sort of gets asked subtextually is, you know, where will Harvey Dent fall on this, uh, this sort of spectrum of order and chaos, right? If you, if you look at the sort of the four main characters that, that push the tension and, and, and the sort of the themes of the movie, you have Batman, you have Gordon, you have Harvey Dent and you have the Joker. So if you look at, if you look at mm-hmm. the Joker as like ultimate chaos and Gordon as ultimate order, you know, you have this anarchist, you know, um, uh, the Joker, and then you have the chief of police who is, you know, structured and, and wants to go by the book. And then Batman kind of oscillates in the middle, right? He's, he's sort of more, he's, he's sort of this chaotic good. So, uh, you know, I, I think the wild card is Harvey Dent because, it, you know, it, it kind of forces you to ask yourself, well, where, where, where is Harvey Dent going to end up on the spectrum? And he spends the whole movie you know, over where, over on Gordon's side, right. Over on the, on the more like pure order side. And, you know, had he been able to, to fall somewhere on that side of Batman between Gordon and, and Batman, you know, I think the whole narrative of the movie ends up being different, but he doesn't, you know, and that, I think that is sort of the tragedy. And that's what makes, in my opinion, that's what makes Harvey sort of the fulcrum of the whole movie is because, you know, you, you, you see Bruce and you see his hopes and you see what he wants from, you know, inspiring people to, to, with it, with the, with Batman, he wants to inspire people. And he's done that with, or he believes he's done that with, with Harvey Dent. So then you just have to ask, well, you know, what's going to happen to Harvey Dent is, is, is he going, is he going to fall mm-hmm. on the chaotic side or is he going to fall on the order side? And unfortunately, as we see in the movie, he, he falls on the chaotic side and, and that really, that, I mean, that alone just tips everything completely, completely on its head. So to me, that's why, that's why, you know, I would agree with, you know, uh, not Gordon, but Harvey being, you know, this, this middle um, sort of the middle of the teeter totter uh, of the whole movie and, and, and really driving a lot of the Mm -hmm. tension. Well, he almost tells you what's going to happen to him, right? Because at that yeah. dinner, he's like, right. he's like, you're the hero or yeah. you live long enough. You either die the hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Yeah. yeah. And so, he doesn't, so which, he which one of those, yeah, which one of those is it going to be? I think is, is what, is what you're asking is, well, is he going to yeah. die the hero or is he going to live long enough to see himself become the villain? And I yeah. think, you know, unfortunately, yeah, he lives yeah. long enough. Yeah. Just barely. Yeah, just barely half of him, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I I love how, you know, the first time we see Harvey, you know, he punches the dude in the face. And then, so you're like, okay, he's yeah. pretty awesome, first off. And 
Um, secondly, like he's a stand-up dude, but then we see, you know, the Joker, uh, you know, kills Gordon. Quote, you right. know, doesn't actually kill Gordon, but, um, you know, he he then goes inside the ambulance and starts to interrogate that guy and sees Rachel's name on there, and then he takes him into an alley with a gun, and it's like, you know, they start planting the seeds that although this guy is, um, so trustworthy, so upstanding, like it's not so crazy to think that he can, yeah. you know, cause chaos. Well, there's or, even, there's or even be the, the villain. That, can you, you trust know? him at the very, very beginning when right. he flips the coin with yeah. Rachel, he says, do you want to do it? And he flips the coin. He's like, you know, heads, heads, I'll take it. Tails, you take it. Right. And you lead mm. the case. And when you find yeah. out the coin is a double headed coin, could you ever really try? I mean, he yeah. was always using it for good, but it's a little hint that, you know what? He might not be able to be trusted because yeah. he's kind of yeah. tri- he's kind of well, tricking I'm, you a little bit. He's got I'm this glad side he, to him. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that because yeah. when I watched it yesterday, um, the I noticed how many times Gordon or not Gordon. I keep I keep saying Gordon when I mean Harvey. I I <laughs> I noticed how many times Harvey asks people to trust him, and yeah. you know, and like you know, he 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 wants Good people yeah. to trust him, and he you know, like he. And then, and then nobody does, nobody trusts Gordon doesn't continues to not trust him. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't give him the information he needs. And, and, you know, Harvey is building up all these expectations of trust with Gordon and with Batman and, and nobody trusts him. And yeah. I think that's one of the reasons that, yeah, that I think it's, he, he falls is because this idea of, of trust and nobody shows him that trust. And then look what happens. Right. You know, Yep. Right. Definitely. Yeah. I, I, I just think, you know, well, you get to the end and, um, you know, we've identified the main players in Gotham. It's, you know, Gordon Dent, Batman and, you know, Joker and Joker's already been taken care of. Um, you know, and Batman doesn't kill him. He has the opportunity, throws him off the building and he still saves him. And, you know, Joker's like, well, I have a, I have a contingency plan going back to your point, John, you know, and mine, I love what he says. You know, I, you think I would risk the battle for Gotham's soul in a fist fight with you because in every superhero movie and every hero versus villain, it's always solved with a fist fight, you know, it's a battle. And in this one, it's like, yeah, yeah. you, You know, he's not even this, this doesn't solve anything. You you took out the Joker, but yeah, dense behind the scenes destroying. Well, then even then, uh, Batman doesn't just swoop in and kick Harvey in the face, and it's over. He comes in and he tries to reason with him. Right. Yeah, you were the best of us. He tries to appeal to his heroic side from the beginning. Right. right? He's like, he's like, you know, what if I am the one that's here to take up the mantle of Batman? He's like, well, you are the best of us. You were the White Knight. Right. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's so, it's so tragic that that is yeah. what happens. Um, but we see, we see them, you know, Joker has turned them all against each other, so to speak. And they're all trying to reason with each yeah. other. And, you know, Dent says, you know, I'm not, no one else lost everything. I lost everything, not knowing yeah. Batman has lost everything. Um, but then, you know, Batman says, pointed at the people. Well, here's the other thing, too, to that same point, Batman losing everything. Even if Rachel lived, he still would have, he still would have lost everything, right? Mm -hmm. Not, 
not only would he have never been it's able so to true. give up the mantle of Batman, but Rachel chose Harvey. Remember the letter that she wrote to yeah. Alfred yep. saying, Hey, tell him I pick Harvey. So he still would have lost everything and he didn't even know it. Yeah. He, he yeah. never, I mean, well, I guess he yep. finds out Alfred finally tells him, but yeah. In the next movie, but spoiler alert. Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, um, you know, it comes to this, he, he's got, uh, Gordon's son in, in hand and he flips the coin and then Batman, you know, saves the day for the last time. And in the end, Batman breaks his rule, you know, and, and you don't really, I feel like they do it in a way that you don't really feel like he killed him. Um, but in this most recent time to me, I was like, I mean, he didn't necessarily have to tackle him off of the building i mean maybe you did but to me it's like you know the joker really won he really did force batman over the edge to kill someone i don't know what are what are your takes on that yeah it's so i thought about that when you when you first brought it up and we're saying you know he he caught joker caused batman to break his one rule and i was sitting there thinking i was like well you know if the one rule was to not kill anybody you know, did did that's what brought me to Rachel's yeah. like Rachel and uh, and Harvey. Would that be considered killing someone? Because if that yeah. happened, then well, he's already kind of broke it. But then you know that wasn't his fault, right? So yeah, he he didn't do that. Well, now he has to yeah. save. He has a choice between saving a kid and and saving a kid and Gotham, or you know, uh, letting or, or keeping his rule. And it's like is. Is his rule, right. is it real? Like, is that a realistic rule? And, you know, I, I wonder if at that moment he already realized that, you know, whether he has to break that rule or not, he's got to take all those deaths that Harvey caused on him anyway. But, and, and Harvey can't be alive mm-hmm. to, you know, does he, I don't know. I, and I don't know if he intentionally meant to kill him. I mean, Batman, make, he, he falls too and, he still lives. So I don't know if yeah. he expected yeah. Harvey to die. It was kind of like, I have to save the kid no matter what. And Harvey, you know, mm-hmm. it's tragic, but yeah, Harvey's, Harvey's dead. And, but my other point to that was, was Harvey already dead? I mean, you, you lost Harvey and now he's two faced, yeah. right? He is, he's not himself anymore. Mm-hmm. He's, he's someone yeah. lost. I don't know. I don't yeah. know. It's, good. it's a great question. And I think that's part of, I think that's part of the yeah. beauty of the movie overall <laughs> is it leaves you with this, Oh my gosh, what just happened type feel. And at the same time, I mean, you're like, he's mm-hmm. Batman, <laughs> you know, he's, he's still Batman, but oh yeah. man, he is not the same person from the beginning to the end of the movie. He is not. Right. And you see that in dark Knight rises at the very beginning, right. you know, this recluse yeah. of a man he has become since then you know eight years mm-hmm. and they haven't seen him and, and right it's it's just it's destroyed batman as well so yeah so so john what is what is your take do you do you think he i, I always interpreted that as as sort of um him saving gordon's son um and then i i never i never viewed it as him intentionally you know meaning to to kill harvey i think the i think the uh Obviously, the events of 
all, all the all of what the Joker had done had really had weighed on him, and he seems really exhausted. You know, um, I but I you know yeah, yeah and he got yeah. shot and he got you shot. know I think I I, I never <laughs> interpreted that as as him killing Harvey, but rather him you know save saving the saving the the son from getting shot. <laughs> So but you know, I want to dark is that, is that something yeah. that we that we with you know our our rose colored glasses are seeing and we're we're justifying that on behalf of Batman. We're like, yeah, yeah he, he's saving be. his son. Yeah, you know, yeah. he didn't intentionally yeah. he wouldn't do, do it, right, but yeah. it still happened. And right. that's what Joker was trying to prove the entire time. He's yep. like, You're gonna break your rule because you can't live in this world without breaking that rule yeah. if you put yourself in the position you put yourself in. And so it almost it's it's almost like Joker's yeah. right, but is Joker right in the way he wanted to be right, or did Batman still win? Who won? Did Joker win or did Batman win? You know, it's the beauty of the movie. <laughs> so, that is the beauty of the movie. It's I mean, it's just so beautiful. Every there's so many questions, even things that I haven't thought of before. That now, yeah. just since we've been talking, like oh my gosh, really like. <laughs> uh, I'm probably gonna go watch it again yeah. after this, but <laughs> but uh, you know, then we get the the classic, um, you know, you kind of mentioned it earlier, Josh, but the, you know, he didn't do anything wrong when he he runs away, you know, saying that he's gonna take on those crimes. Um, what were, I guess, kind of going back to the first question. What is your what was your original reaction to that? And also, like, I, I guess, how do you feel about it now as well? Yeah, you know, I think we'll start with you. A lot of Batman stories, um, especially Batman stories coming from comic books and and uh, graphic novels and stuff, treat Batman as sort of this infinite character. Right. He, you know, he's Batman's been around since, mm-hmm. you know, 1940 um, and he's still. 25 30 years old and in every story that you read uh you know except for a few you know few exceptions like dark knight returns and things like that but um they treat batman as this infinite character but christopher nolan set out to create a world where batman wasn't an infinite character his mission has to end at some point um and so i think you know setting up uh you know ending the dark knight the way they ended it you know that really could have been the end of Batman's story. Um, yeah. You yeah. know, if, if not for, if not for Bane yeah. and the league of shadows coming back in and, and wreaking havoc all through all through the dark Knight rises, you know, that could have been the, the end of Bruce Wayne's story could have been him riding off into the dark Knight, um, never yeah. to be seen again as the dent act goes into place. And, you know, it gives, uh, it gives the police department, you know, teeth and their fight against organized crime. And that could have been it. Um, so I think, I think just, just as yeah. uh, Batman begins ended with, you know, the Joker card, obviously setting up a sequel, but really, you know, being its own enclosed story, you know, I think the dark Knight does the exact same thing. I think it, it ends exactly how Christopher Nolan wanted a Batman story to end. And then, you know, again, he just, he just happened to decide to revisit those characters and for a third movie. But yeah, I, I, I mean, I really, I really enjoyed the ending. I thought right. it had, you know, a lot of, a lot, I thought it had some finality to it. Um, and, and you really could, 
just like just like with Batman Begins, like I said, you really could sort of imagine, you know, what the world would be like going forward, um, even without even without a third movie. Yeah. Each of the like you've already mentioned, but each of his movies, they can be their own universe. Like he doesn't I mean, other than the Joker card and then the dent act at the beginning of the Dark Knight Rises, like these movies really just stand on their yeah, own. Well, I think there's a certain freedom that um, you have in not having to tell an origin story, right? So the first movie, uh, John mentioned this mm-hmm. earlier, it, he has to tell the origin of Batman. I mean, the movie is about the origin. Uh, but, you know, like, that was kind of the, I, I say the flaw, but the, um, the thing that happened with all the Spider-Man movies is you tell the origin story again and again and again. Well, there's a certain right. freedom of coming in with this one, yeah. with the Dark Knight, right? Batman's established. It doesn't really matter if you know where he came from or not when the movie begins, because it starts off where he's a vigilante. He wanted to inspire good, and he's you know, now teaming up to fight organized crime, and he's trying to stop organized crime when this kink comes in. And at the end of the movie, there's a sense of completeness yeah. where in each movie – each movie is complete. Each movie told its story. It ends. It could stop there. It can yep. stand on its own. It could be part of the trilogy. It could be a sequel. Each one could be a sequel to the other. And it would be fine. Like even Batman Begins, you could jump yep. all the way to Dark Knight Rises and, and miss the Dark Knight. I don't know why you would do something like that. But you know, you could. And each movie stands on its own. And <laughs> but you, you could. come in going, oh, okay. <laughs> you know, because League of Shadows ties into both of those. And then you have this movie in the middle that... I mean, really develop Batman into what he is. But um, when Gordon gives that speech to his son at the end, you know, I think it deserves to be read, right? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it. So, so Jim, yeah. Oh, I, please do. I mean, I remember giving goosebumps. The and this part <laughs> came on, and Batman's running from the cops, and he hops on his, his bat pod, and he's riding away into the dark night. And, mm-hmm. and, his, and Jimmy Gordon, Jim, Jim Gordon's son, comes up to him and says, why is he running dad? And you know, he's looking to his dad, right? I don't understand what's happening. And and Jim Gordon says, because we have to chase him. He didn't do anything wrong because he's the hero Gotham deserves, but not the one it needs right now. So we'll hunt him because he can take it because he's not our hero. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector, a dark knight. Ooh, just, it's incredible. (laughs) Like I got, I got chills reading that. I'm like, it's, it is so, Yep. It, it just brings that sense of completeness. Like he did everything in his power to save the city and just, he did, but at what cost he, he did lose everything. Right. Yeah. He, he, he almost yep. goes off without hope. Right. He, and you see it in the next movie, but he almost has nothing left. He feels so lost. He, I mean, he lost his parents. He lost the love of his life. He lost his chance to not have to be Batman. Batman's no longer good, right? It, he's a he's a bad guy. He's not a hero, but he's still... You know, yes. He's not the Everything symbol of he wanted that Batman he to be, was supposed to be. And yet, at the same time, Batman had to be all yeah. those things in order to save Gotham. Yeah. he's it's It's like what... Yeah. It's like what Alfred kind of says. He's more than just a hero. You know, he, yeah. he he's more than what he expected mm-hmm. to be, but not quite exactly what he expected to be. 
You know, what's interesting is he says um, when Alfred yeah. first finds Bruce Wayne in the beginning of the movie and he's, you know, he's in this little underground bunker kind of thing. He's not even in the penthouse. He's somewhere else and he's stitching himself up and he says, he says, you got to know your limits, Master Wayne. And he says, Batman has no limits. Does he now? Yeah. I think that, well, so. and what's, what's interesting about that, that I noticed this time was, um, you know, they have that conversation in the beginning, but then after Rachel dies, um, Alfred turns that same conversation over to Batman, to Bruce and says, you know, they do need you. You are more, you know, you don't have limits. Maybe Batman yeah, is that right. person. Um, I can't remember exactly what he says or how he says it, but I thought, you know, at the beginning, Alfred's kind of like, you know, take a day off, take a vacation, whatever. And then when Batman's broken, Alfred is there to, to be the, uh, well, here's the yeah, other he says, he says that's the point of Batman. Stop. Yeah. The point of Batman is that he can endure this. Well, yeah, and here's the exactly. here's the other thing too is you either die exactly. a hero or you live long enough to see yourself become the villain. That's what happened to Batman. The same thing happened so to true. Batman, and yep. it happened to Harvey. Yep. It happened to Batman, and it's like, oh, how how sad. But you know, it, the night is darkest just before the dawn. But at what sacrifice is that dawn going to come? Uh, it is. I mean, this is just. This has been even better than I expected. This movie is just so awesome and raises so many uh, questions, so many things to think about. Um, before we go, is there any, I guess, final words that y'all wanted to say? Uh, you know, I just, I just have to say that after, you know, all the, I've I've watched a lot of movies in my time. I've watched a lot of movies, and I <laughs> I have. I've made some movies, you know, I've, I've done some things I've, I've learned about, uh, you know, the, the, the art of making movies, the science behind movies, the technology behind movies. And the way that this movie is done is phenomenal. Whether you're a Batman fan, a superhero fan or not, this movie is a movie to watch. It is phenomenal from start to finish the dialogue is great the the plot is amazing the twists and turns the surprises uh, the characters are are really fleshed out and just incredible um and you can watch this movie a hundred times and still pick up something new and it's it is a beautiful beautiful film oh yeah and uh it's definitely one of my favorites of all time and i just i i am I feel blessed that I got to live in a time when this movie came out. And I know that sounds like, that sounds so overdramatic. And when you, you could know, see it in or, theaters. But at the same time, I mean, it's an art, right? And, you know, you have, you have great paintings and great pieces of yeah. art and, and structures, you know, buildings and things like that. Well, within the movie art, you know, the form of, uh, the, within the movie media, this medium, this is a masterpiece. Yeah, I think, you know, the thing that sticks out to me, uh, maybe not the most, but definitely a lot with this movie and, and sort of thinking about it again and thinking about all the all the times I've watched it is how, you know, every good movie, in my opinion, that you that you watch asks certain questions. 
right? And I think there are certain questions that you go into any superhero movie, you go into thinking these questions. Like you, you think, I feel like a lot of times you think, how is the hero going to succeed? How are they going to overcome, you know, this obstacle? I think the difference with the Dark Knight is it asks, will is the hero going to be able to overcome this obstacle? And I think, you know, that that's done in in so many different ways not you know not to mention the incredible cast of characters the incredible actors and actresses you know involved in this movie um you know you look at you look at the stakes of the dark knight and they're a little bit smaller you know the climax of the movie comes down to a couple hundred passengers on two ferries right it's not this big it's not a sky beam that's going to destroy the city it's not you know the earth getting terraformed into krypton like we see in man of steel you know with with big huge stakes like that you're sitting you're sitting there thinking well of course earth isn't going to get terraformed so how is superman going to stop this from happening with the dark knight it asks different questions it asks yeah. it, you know you're sitting there thinking is batman going to succeed you know it, uh, I think Christopher Nolan sets that movie up where it wouldn't be unexpected really if those two fairies blew up because, you know, because the, you've seen the antagonist mm-hmm. succeeding over and over and over again in this movie and, and arguably succeeding, you know, throughout the entire movie and, 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 and winning just like the empire wins and empire strikes back. I, I just think this movie is, yeah. is so interesting because you know, movies before it, movies after it ask certain questions. I feel like this movie asks different questions and they, it makes you think about these established characters mm-hmm. so differently and it's done so well, you know, and, and the score with, with Hans Zimmer is just spot on. There's, you know, the, the score builds, te- builds tension and his percussion with, you know, Batman and, 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 and it really drives the action and drives everything forward. Everything was just so well done. Um, you know, the script was great. If you have some time, read the screenplay. The screenplay is awesome. Yeah. Um, it's just, yeah. yeah, I think just everything, everything <laughs> about this movie is just so good. So well done. Great performances, great actors and actresses all the way around. Everything's great. Yeah. To our listeners, if you like this podcast, please share on social media and with your friends, um, tune in next week when I'm joined by my good friends Tanner Watacott, Chance Robinson, and Levi Fox to discuss 1917. Josh, John, thanks for joining me. I'm going to definitely have you on again. I'm Jay Humphreys signing off. We'll see you next week. <laughs>